Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, would the Raiders make Josh Jacobs available by way of trade? Well, inquiring minds and teams would like to know. That plus a whole lot more comes up on Thursday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast for August 24th, 2023. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. Welcome in Raider Nation to another edition of the Lockdown Raiders Podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast to get the latest edition of the show. Of course, if you're checking us out on YouTube, thank you. We appreciate you in a major way, whether you give us three minutes or 33 minutes, whatever the case is, we appreciate it. The show has grown in such a major way, over 8,000 subscribers. We appreciate that. We hope to get to around 10,000 subscribers by the end of the year. If we do, fantastic. If we don't, that's fantastic as well. Again, just being at over 8,000 subscribers right now uh, is a blessing, right? Never thought that we'd be there. Hell, I didn't even think we'd be on YouTube, but my man Ari makes sure we're up on YouTube each and every day. He does a fantastic job, so we thank you, Raider Nation, but we thank him as well. Again, he takes a lot of pride if you go back and look from the very first day that we were ever on youtube to where we are right now you'll agree that the show has grown in a major way and that's all my guy ari that has nothing to do with me all i do is get in front of the camera and record things (laughs) that's all i do ari does all the heavy lifting and so we definitely appreciate him at ari produces on twitter you can check me out on twitter as well at your boy q254 and we got the lockdown raider podcast voicemail line at 707-654-4693 and you could tell that it's late august almost september it's almost time for the regular season because man uh, all the feedback we're getting on the lockdown raider podcast voicemail line is a lot we're getting a ton of texts a ton of calls each and every day we try to get as many in as possible and we'll do that again today coming up in segment number three segment number two i want to spend some time with the raiders front office really want to dig in and talk about them and why now after all these months especially throughout the course of the offseason when saying hey look i'll be the first to tell you i don't exactly know what the plan is i don't know what they're trying to do i don't know what the expectations are starting to see the plan come together starting to see how Dave Ziegler and company want to put this roster together. So we'll talk all things Raiders front office coming up in segment number two. Here in segment number one, as we do each and every day, like to hit you with the news and notes of the day. And of course, we'll get right to that after I tell you about the title sponsor, which is Game Time. Right now, download the Game Time app. All you got to do is create an account, use the code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, if you need them, don't worry. They got the lowest prices guaranteed. I'll tell you more about them later on the show. That is game time. So let's go ahead and jump into the news and notes of the day. And off top, the Raiders made a couple minor roster moves on Wednesday. They signed free agent defensive tackle Doug Costin and linebacker Isaac Darkangelo. Costin originally entered the NFL as an undrafted free agent with the Jaguars back in 2020. He played in 12 games, had nine starts, had 32 tackles, three tackles for loss, two passes defense, one fumble recovery, and spent the 2021 season on the Jaguars practice squad. Darkangelo, on the other hand, is entering his rookie year in the league after playing two seasons at Illinois. He's six foot one, 230-pound linebacker, was named all Big Ten honorable mention as a senior after playing in 13 games and leading the team with 71 tackles and has seven and a half tackles for loss, one sack, and one fumble recovery. I don't put a lot of weight 
in those signings. I look at the date and realize it's Thursday, August 24th, and realize that the Raiders have their final preseason game on Saturday. So there's going to be a few tweaks here and there to the roster, a few minor moves here and there according to the roster. Just go ahead and get some guys out there on the grass on Thursday, on Saturday, I should say, uh, in Arlington taking on the Cowboys for the third preseason game. There's going to be a lot of the normal players that you would expect to see in a preseason game not playing, right? We met with head coach Josh McDaniels on Wednesday at the Intermountain Health Performance Center, and he basically said there's going to be a lot of guys dressed out, but a lot of guys aren't going to go out there and participate. So uh, they're going to tweak the roster a little bit, have some guys out there that are going to get a little little bit of action on Saturday and then by next week when uh, Tuesday that 29th date comes around and they got to get the roster trimmed down to 53 men you'll see a lot of those guys be on the way out uh, there could be depth as well uh, we talked about the linebacker position when uh, Darian Butler was put on IR he's done for the season so that could be a reason that Dark Angelo was added but I really just kind of look at the linebacker room now and think that okay it is what it is you know who's there with Divine Diablo Robert Spillane Luke Masterson is still there uh, of course uh, you got Drake, uh, uh, Drake from NC State, right? He's still there. I mean, there's there's guys. Amari Bernie obviously was drafted uh, in the sixth round, so he's there. Uh, there's guys in that linebacker room. I do think it's you know one of the thinner areas of the team, but. I don't think that a guy like uh, like uh, Isaac Dargangelo is going to all of a sudden make that room whole, right? So I don't really look too much into those roster moves, but just, you know, for record's sake, Doug Costin and Isaac Dargangelo were signed by the Silver and Black on Wednesday. Also, Vic Tafer from The Athletic, he uh, put a little piece out, a very short piece, about the Dolphins inquiring about Josh Jacobs. He said the Miami Dolphins inquired about trading for running back Josh Jacobs, but we're told by the Raiders he's not available, according to league sources. Here's what you need to know. Jacobs is missing training camp. He refused to sign his $10.1 million franchise tag, but the team expects him to report before the season opener has no plans to rescind the tag. That's from Vic Tafer on The Athletic, and uh, that's the thing about it, man, and I, I could appreciate We're going to talk about the Raiders front office. I could appreciate what the Raiders front office has done. It's been the complete opposite of what the Indianapolis Colts have done with Jonathan Taylor, where really this this whole situation has gone back and forth through the public side, through the media's eye, and to the point where now the Colts have allowed Jonathan Taylor the opportunity to go out there and try to find a trade. They have to find a trade partner by Tuesday, by the date that, one, they have to trim the roster down to 53 men, and plus, Jonathan Taylor's injured, so they have to make a decision on him if they're going to put him on the pub list. If they do, he'll miss the first four games of the, of the season for sure. Now, they want a first-round pick for him. Nobody's going to give up a first-round pick for uh, Jonathan Taylor. Plus, on top of that, have to give him a big contract, which is what he's looking for. So I can give the Raiders front office credit for not doing this uh, negotiation publicly, and they haven't done that with anybody. None of the negotiations they've done have been done through the public or done through the media. Everything has been really behind closed doors. They always will say, like, hey, there's no uh, update on the Josh Jacobs situation, but they won't say, well, we've done this, that and the other we offered this and he refused this and look I know a lot of people don't don't um, you know appreciate the fact that he's not signed under contract and in camp right now and a lot of people are blaming the Raiders front office the one thing I do know as I've talked to people that were really close to the situation the Raiders did offer something pretty nice but Josh Jacobs his agent really kind of fumbled the fumbled the bag in their words I mean obviously I wasn't there so I'm just hearing what I'm hearing and I'm just relaying it to you but in uh in 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 their words Josh Jacobs agent kind of you know fumbled the situation there and so again I say it all the time it takes two sides to get something done so at some point I do think it's going to happen sooner rather than later but I found this to be pretty interesting 
Amber Theo Harris, good friend. Uh, she's on Sirius XM Radio. She also uh, works for the Raiders. She does the Silver and Black Show with Eric Allen uh, and James Jones. They do a really good job. She was a guest on my radio show on Wednesday, and I was asking her. It's so funny. I was asking her about this preseason game coming up on Saturday, and I basically let it be known. I don't know who is going to be out there in action. I don't know who's going to be out there on the grass, but who are you looking forward to? And it's funny, she mentioned one guy's name, and it turned into a conversation about Josh Jacobs. So here's Amber Thea Harris responding to my question about who she's got her eye on. I've just been really watching Zamir White um, because I think that there's a chance that he might have to play and start because yeah. we're not sure what's happening with Josh Jacobs, and his agent told me that they haven't told anybody what they're going to do, so nobody knows. If he is going to show up to camp and be ready for week one, when do you think he needs to be in by? What's the latest he can get in by? Man, I mean, time is running out, right? Yeah, um, yeah. You know the schedule because you, you got the game coming up this week, and then yep. what? They have what is it, a couple practices, and then it's, it's kind of running out. I, I don't have the schedule right in front of me. But that's where I get nervous. You know, it sounds all great. Okay, he's going to show up and sign the tender and be ready for week one. That's not really how it works. You've been covering this this yeah. league a long time. You can work out all you want at home, but once you you need to get into that cadence, you need to get hit by real live dudes. Yeah. You, you know that's how you get injured, and that's what's scaring me uh, for Josh Jacobs. Is you know I've said along, I'm not all along, and I've said this to his agent. I'm not his mother. I'm not his wife. I'm not his sister. If I was someone that really loved him, I would say show up. You should have showed up maybe for training camp, midway through training camp. I get you don't want to tread on your tires, but there could have been a program they worked on to maybe not have so much tread through training camp, right? And But at least you're there and you're getting in that mentality and you're getting ready. And I just hate – I've seen it too many times. They hold out and then they show up late and they're, they're not ready. I just was at 49ers camp, and I talked to Debo Samuel about – a year he called awful last year. It wasn't awful in the grand scheme. We all know that. But for yeah. Debo, compared to the year he had in 21, it was down. And you know what he said? Look, I had all these distractions with my contract. I showed up late to camp, and I was slow and out of shape. He was dead honest about it. I didn't have that step. I didn't. Ha- He's a yak guy. I didn't have that you know, catch transition, turning up field in that burst, because I wasn't ready. So it happens to the best. And... I really like Josh Jacobs. I think he's an amazing person. I think he's integral to, the, to this team and having success this year. I really wish he would kind of show up and play and also make the $10 million, man. Just come and make it. Sitting out might force the Raiders to not tag you and you become a free agent you know, next year because they could tag him again. If he shows up in week 11, you know, he would get in a crew year and then they could only tag him one more time. But if he sits out 10 games, then they're not going to tag him again. That would be the only strategy, the only advantage to sitting out. And I don't think that is smart, in my opinion, Um, because what are you going to get in free agency? Even if you force free agency, what are you going to get? We're seeing what guys are getting. It's, it's not much more than the $10 million. So there you go. Pretty interesting stuff right there from Amber Theo Harris as she you know, immediately said Zamir White and thinks that he might have to play. And she referenced the fact that she's talked to Josh Jacobs' agent and they don't 
haven't told anybody what they're going to do. So, you know, obviously they're having conversations about what they're going to do. I think that there's not too many choices. He'll sign the tag. Maybe he'll get a little bit of sugar, like I like to call it, on top. Maybe he won't. The Raiders don't have to give him anything on top. Maybe they won't. Maybe they'll say $10.1 million is more than Dalvin Cook's making. Uh, $10.1 million is more than Ezekiel Elliott's making. $10.1 million is more than a lot of running backs. Joe Mixon, who just had his contract, uh, you know, he had to he had to restructure his contract just to stay on the team. So they could easily say that, hey, $10.1 million is actually a lot of money for the running back position. They don't have to do anything to sweeten the deal. I think they will. That's just my gut feeling, but we'll see. But speaking of they, who's they? The front office. Let's talk about the Raiders' front office because I do feel like I'm starting to see the vision. I'm starting to understand what they're trying to do as cutdown day is coming up next week. And I think they've put together a really competitive roster. I'll tell you all about that coming up in segment number two of the show after I tell you about the title sponsor, which is Game Time. And I don't know how often you have family that decides, hey, man, let's all go to this game. I know it happens to me all the time, being here in Vegas and obviously Allegiant Stadium being there. Have a lot of family and friends that are saying, hey, Q, we're going to come to town this weekend. What's going on? Oh, well, it's football season. The Raiders are playing. Oh, man, can you cop some tickets? Everyone always thinks I can get a deal on some tickets. I'm like, no, I got to pay for them. But if I'm going to pay for some tickets, I can always go to game time. I can get the game time tickets, and I can feel really good, right? I don't have to be stressed out. Game time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and even theater near near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets, their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you'll have. Again, forget planning in advance. You don't have to worry about that when your family springs on you last minute and you've got to come through like the first of the month like the hero. Boom. Don't worry. Game Time will come through and help you get those tickets. You can browse through the Game Time app and talk about any kind of, uh, think about any kind of upcoming events that are going on in your area and boom, right? Just like that, you can get the tickets. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to talk about the Raiders front office. And I know you're probably thinking, why do you decide you want to talk about the front office today on a Thursday? It's a game week. You don't want to talk about the Cowboy game. You don't want to talk about players that you're looking for. No, no, I don't want to do that today. The reason why is because uh, GM Dave Ziegler and assistant GM Champ Kelly are actually meeting with the media today at 1.30 Pacific time. And we found this out on Wednesday. Josh McDaniels, during his media session, actually was responding to a question that I asked about veterans and young guys on the roster. And he said, well, you guys will be talking to Dave and, and Champ tomorrow. And so that kind of alerted everybody. And they looked around the room like, wait, hold on. Did he just... Let us know that we're going to be talking to Dave Ziegler and Champ Kelly tomorrow. Well, yeah, lo and behold, we got the email from the Raiders later on Wednesday evening and found out that today at 1.30 Pacific time, Dave Ziegler and Champ Kelly will be speaking with the media. Now, for me, that sucks. That's the worst time ever, right? My radio show starts at 2, and it's not like I can just sit there in the media room and do my show, and especially today because I'm actually doing my radio show from Circa. So we sometimes I'm out and about. Sometimes, like on a Monday, I'll be at Oyo. Sometimes on a Friday, I'll be at Buffalo Wild Wings. Of course, I've been out and about. I've been in Thomas and Mac. I've been at all kinds of different locations. A lot of times, I'm at Studio Q, which is the home studio where I'm at right now, right? And so uh, even that would be a better opportunity for me to be there while Dave Ziegler 
Ziegler and Champ Kelly are talking. But unfortunately for me, and I love being out and about, I'm, I'm going to be at the circuit today. So there's just no way I could be in two places at one time. Believe me, I've tried. I've, <laughs> I've tried to master the art of being in two spots at once, and it's just not working. So uh, I'll definitely bring some of their sounds, whatever they uh, say today, whatever they're speaking on today, definitely bring that to the show tomorrow here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. But it got me thinking about the direction of the front office. And I remember, you know, earlier in the offseason talking about what the the direction they're going. What's the plan? You know, after moving on from Derek Carr, bringing in Jimmy G, okay, what what are they trying to do? What What is the end-all, be-all goal? Well, since the draft has happened, free agency has happened, you've seen the guys that they brought in as undrafted free agents, and now we're seeing them out there on the grass during training camp, during preseason, you're starting to get the idea of what this team is supposed to be and what the vision that they have, what what their idea, uh, how they're trying to put this roster together. And one one thing that stands out to me in a major way is speed. They're, they've got speed everywhere. They've got speedy wide receivers. They've got speedy cornerbacks. They've got speedy linebackers. I mean, they, they went out there and said that speed was something that they were definitely going to add to the mix, something that they didn't have last year. And, I mean, just looking at the wide receivers, when you look at DeAndre Carter, you look at Philip Dorsett, you look at Trey Tucker, I mean, those are three burners right there. Right? They didn't have three guys that were burners last year. Right? They've got some size, like a Cam Sims, you know, a, a Jacoby Myers. Those guys are tall. Like Cam Sims is six five. Jacoby Myers is like six three or six four. He's tall. So it's a different variety. Right. And then you have a, a, a Devontae Adams who's all world. Hunter Renfro, you know, he's you know that little jitterbug that can get open just about any way that he wants to. He just finds ways to get open. So there's so many different varieties, and that's just the wide receiver position. Right. And then you look at the running backs and, and you see a Zamir White and, you know, he's going to run downhill. Josh Jacobs, when he's there, he can run downhill, but he also has some wiggle to him where he's obviously got a lot more wiggle than Zamir White. Amir Abdullah catches the ball really well out of the backfield. I mean, you know, Sincere McCormick is kind of the big body, almost like Tyrone Wheatley kind of kind of guy. Right. And, and then you look at the number that he's rocking out there, 47. You realize, oh, that is the Tyrone Wheatley type of guy. Right. And I'm not saying he, he plays just like him, but he's kind of got that stocky build of a Tyrone Wheatley. I mean, it's just, there's so many different varieties. You see that they're trying to build from the inside out, right? And, and, and even the, the offensive lineman that they drafted, look at Thayer Munford, look at his size, look at uh, McClendon Curtis, look how big he is. Uh, um, uh, w- uh, Wagner, Dalton Wagner, look at the size that he has. I mean, they're, they're really trying to create some monsters in the defensive line and the offensive line. Look at the defensive line. Tyree Wilson and his wingspan. We know what Chandler Jones is. He's got the wingspan. Max Crosby, same thing. At some point, Tyree Wilson will take over for Chandler Jones when he's no longer with the silver and black. That's not this year, but sooner rather than later. Uh, you see the guys that they've drafted for the, the defensive line, the interior, like a Matthew Butler, like a Neil Farrell Jr., like a Byron Young, right? They signed Bilal Nichols as a free agent a couple years ago, but that's because they didn't have the, the youth there. So, you know, how I'm looking at the way that they're putting this together, they have veterans just about at every position. I've talked about the this on the show before and they have key veterans you know guys like Marcus Peters who can provide that swag and that attitude that the Raiders secondary needed so a guy a young guy like a Nate Hobbs and a Jacorian Bennett and a Tyler Hall they can have a little bit more confidence a little bit more swagger Marcus Epps on the back end helps Trayvon Merrick have a little bit more confidence a little bit more swagger right veterans on all levels Robert Spillane brings a little nasty to that linebacker room something that they needed there's guys like that that they've all brought to the to the team and to the table. And the other thing about it is I just really feel confident in what Dave Ziegler is doing. Dave Ziegler, to me, seems like he drafts with a purpose. He signs free agents with a purpose. Is every guy going to work out perfectly? No. 
I mean, because that's just what free agency is. It's a crapshoot, right? Sometimes you get the guy that fits, and sometimes you just get a guy, right? And so we're still waiting to see if Chandler Jones could be a guy that fits or if he's just a guy. And if he's just a guy, he's a high-priced guy. You know, Matthew Butler, he's a guy that, you know, the, the Raiders drafted him, and I thought maybe he could be a good player. He's got to step up and prove that he could be a good player, right? If all of a sudden uh, this year or next year they move on from him, that was just a bad pick. So there's, there's always going to be hits and misses. But I feel like what they're doing, they're doing with a purpose. And I really do have a lot of trust and believe in the direction that they're going. The other thing, and I mentioned it in segment number one, we were talking about Josh Jacobs. I love the fact that no matter what negotiation and who they've negotiated with, they've never come out and done it publicly. So to the point where it's being talked about and, and the players being drugged through the mud or whatever the case may be, a lot of he say, she say. Like whenever Josh Jacobs shows up, there shouldn't be any hurt feelings because there's nothing been said publicly that was disrespectful. Like Jim Irsay came out and said that, you know, they have a CBA created and and if a, a position group all of a sudden decides that they want to, you know, change the CBA, that's wrong because they spent all this time working on it. And he was talking about the running back group, and that's when Jonathan Taylor's agent said, well, you pay your best players. And it's like all of a sudden Jim Irsay is going back and forth. This is the owner of the team going back and forth on Twitter with an agent. And then Jonathan Taylor, at that point, you knew then he wanted out. And I knew this situation was going to get ugly. And so now they've got a deadline on when he can be traded by. But I just, I think that the Raiders front office, the way that they operate, what they choose to talk about and what they don't, sometimes I'd love for them to talk about more than they do. A lot of times, you know, even with injuries, you know, they're not going to tell us a lot. You know, even even when Darian Butler, when he went down with the with the injury and is now out for the season, he uh, Josh McDaniels was asked on Wednesday, well, what was the injury since he's out? What was the injury? And he wouldn't tell us, right? I mean, there's just certain things that they won't say. That's just who they are. But that's okay. They're not obligated to tell us. And during the, the preseason and training camp, there is no injury report, so they don't have to worry about reporting that. That will happen once the regular season starts. So, you know, I just, again, I could appreciate – the way that they're handling their business. And you know, it's funny, I'm not the only one who's noticing this. Uh, I have multiple people, multiple guests. I have really great guests on my radio show each and every day. And on Wednesday, uh, I had uh, Andrea Kramer, and uh, she does a really good job. She's been around the NFL for a very long time. She's an Emmy writer. She's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, she's on multiple shows on HBO. Uh, she was on Amazon Prime last year, uh, NFL Network, CBS. I mean, she's just about everywhere. And it's funny, she was on my radio show and I actually asked her about the Jonathan Taylor situation because I just wanted to see what she thought but her answer she went immediately to Josh Jacobs but she talked about the front office and how it hasn't been ugly and it hasn't been any hurt feelings between the Raiders and Josh Jacobs so here's Andrea Kramer from my radio show responding to my question about Jonathan Taylor it's pretty funny check it out now I must admit Q that I'm surprised that you would take the valuable time in your wonderful show to talk about Jonathan Taylor when, hello, isn't your hometown team dealing with a situation yes. like this? Yes. And Josh Jacobs? <laughs> yes, but I you think, know, he, I think uh, he's going to show up, though. I think he's showing up sooner rather than he'll later. He'll show up. He's, he's going to show up. Yeah, right. He's, he's going to show up. And, and you know, listen, if, if anything, in, in all sincerity, if you look at the way the Colts have dealt with this situation and you look at the way the Raiders have dealt with it, the Raiders, I mean, you correct, please correct me if I'm wrong. The Raiders haven't engaged in any, in any rhetoric. They haven't, you know, they haven't, they've, they've just kind of kept their nose to the grindstone and, and just worked with the guys that they have, but they haven't certainly besmirched Josh Jacobs in any way. They certainly, everybody knows what his value is 
Uh, and I don't just mean monetarily, but right. you know what he what the season that he produced last year. So there you go. There's the response from Andrea Kramer right there talking all things. Uh, well, she was supposed to talk Jonathan Taylor, but immediately went to Josh Jacobs. And again, you know, as you heard her say, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Raiders haven't done anything like what's going on in Indianapolis, and they haven't. And that I could really appreciate. So I'm interested to hear what they talk about today. I'm interested to see who makes the 53-man roster and who doesn't. What we learned about this front office last year is that it doesn't matter if you're an undrafted free agent or not. Uh, you can make the roster. Four guys that were undrafted free agents made the roster last year, which you know doesn't happen all the time. But as long as you get in camp, as long as you make the 90-man roster, you have a chance to prove yourself and show who you could be. And that's the other thing about these guys. You know, they, The one theme that they've always had is as long as you get to camp, you can earn a roster spot. you got to be versatile. You know, If you're not going to be versatile, you got to be phenomenal at one thing. Right, if there's only one thing you could do, you better be the best of it. Like if you could only be a wide receiver, you better be Devontae Adams. <laughs> right? I mean, you don't have to worry about special teams if you're Devontae Adams. You don't have to worry about this, that, and the other if you're Devontae Adams. But other guys, they have to be really good blockers. They have to be really good special team artists. I mean, they have to be really good at a lot of things. And that's where the 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 team building goes. And that's how you can see these guys be uh, you know, a a, a nice unit. A really well put together unit, but again, we'll see what the 53 man roster looks like uh, next week. But I, I do, I feel very confident in the direction of Dave Ziegler and Champ Kelly, uh, the GM and the assistant GM. Now I know there's a lot of questions about Josh McDaniels and can he coach and can he can he create you know take the ingredients that he has now and turn it into a winner. That's to be seen, you know, TBD to be determined. Uh, we don't know. You know, he didn't do it in Denver. He hasn't done yet in 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 Las Vegas with the Raiders, but. Again, the front office, which is what I'm talking about right now, I have 100% confidence that they're headed in the right direction and they're bringing this team in the right direction. And I can see Max Crosby's on board. I can see Devontae Adams is on board. I'm hoping sooner rather than later, Josh Jacobs gets, gets to, to camp or you know joins the team, rejoins the team, and, and he'll be on board. And he's a hell of a leader as well. You know, And Jimmy G, just one of the guys, everyone loves him. I was surprised that that was going to be the instant reaction, and that's foolish on my part for being surprised, but I was, and I don't have any problem with that. But uh, it looks like things are going in the right direction. Now, ultimately, the big test will be going out there in the regular season and winning games. <laughs> that's, that's what everybody wants. But as far as what this front office is doing, the vision that they have, I look back at San Francisco, and I look at John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, and they came in together. They were joined at the hip just like Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels, and they did not have early success. Remember, they traded up for Solomon Thomas. Remember, that didn't work. Look at the quarterback situation. Look at all they traded up to go get Trey Lance. Now it looks like they're going to have to trade him off for pennies on the dollar, right? So there's going to be misses. And this Raiders front office has had misses. And they had a bad season. But again, they had one bad season. Let's see what they continue to do. And that's why I've, I've told anyone who's anyone to listen that I don't believe that they're going anywhere anytime soon. Unless something terribly goes wrong for this front office and this coaching staff, I don't believe anyone's losing their job anytime soon. That's just me. I thought I would give some thoughts on the Raiders front office as GM Dave Ziegler and assistant GM Champ Kelly will be speaking this afternoon at 1.30 Pacific time. So depending on what time you're listening to this show, it may have already happened or maybe getting ready to happen. Either way, I'll bring the highlights to it to tomorrow's show. So that's all I got for you for this segment. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and text straight up that Locked On Raider podcast. Voicemail line 707-654-4693. This is the Locked On Raiders podcast. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team 
every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Lockdown Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts draft that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Let's start things off with Raider Meatloaf. He's calling to talk about Aiden O'Connell and the quarterback position as it pertains to being a Super Bowl team. Hmm. Here he is, Raider Meatloaf. Hey, what's up, Q? It's uh, Raider Meatloaf here. Um, heard some things and want to talk about some things. So, you know, Aiden Connell, he's lighting it up right now, which is good to see. But, I mean, you look at all the teams that have won a Super Bowl um, and all the things, I mean, within the last 10 years, they all have good quarterbacks. And not only the best quarterbacks, but, like, good quarterbacks that are leading a team. So, I mean, you're talking about Patty Mahomes, um, Jalen Hurts has got there, Joe Burrow. They're all, uh, you know, the the guys paving the way for the next generation of quarterbacks to come through. So, you know, with that being said, I mean, we, I mean, you could talk about the 49ers. If Brock Purdy didn't get hurt, are they going to the Super Bowl? It's like, I don't know. But, you know, I think that we need – to tone it back around Aiden O'Connell, it's great what we've seen from him. But at the same time, these quarterbacks either have an amazing offense and their defense is suspect. Um, and then I look at the Raiders and it's kind of like, you know, if Josh Jacobs isn't there, um, we have a great wide receiver, but can Jimmy throw it downfield? Can Aiden throw it downfield to Jimmy, feed him some receptions? Heard some rumors too that are are the Raiders gonna trade, um, you know, do a trade with Josh Jacobs and uh, Jonathan Taylor with the Colts? I don't know. Um, he would be upgrade in my opinion from Josh Jacobs. I know he just came off the best year, but that's his ceiling. Like Josh Jacobs is not gonna come out here and do the same numbers that he did this season. So. And Jonathan Taylor is a, uh, you know, in my opinion, one of the best backs in the league. So want to know your opinion on that. So we don't have the best quarterback in the AFC West, but we also, you know, we're trying to compete in the next few years. All right. Take care, Q. Thanks so much for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And look, I'm not calling Aiden O'Connell a Super Bowl quarterback or a guy that's going to take the team to the Super Bowl. I'm not saying any of that. Uh, I'm talking about him potentially being a number two, a backup. Not a one, but a two. I'm looking at him to be a backup. And honestly, with the emergency quarterback rule that they have now, it really doesn't matter, I guess, if he's the first, second, or third. Well, he won't be the first. But, I mean, if he's the second or the third string quarterback. You know, I mean, it really doesn't matter because if they decide that they want to go to him, they, they go to him. I mean, the emergency quarterback situation, all your other guys have to be down before you can go to him. You know, they'll be all out before you can go to him. But, I mean, I guess it, the, the actual pecking order doesn't really matter. I just think that this Raiders team, the coaches in the front office, I believe that they probably have enough confidence in him that if they had to put him out there on the field, that they could and they wouldn't feel like it's all going to go to hell. Right. I mean, I just that's that's just kind of how I look at it. It's been a very small sample size. It's only preseason. And I'm sure that they've only thrown a little bit of the playbook, like maybe 10 to 15 percent of the playbook at him so far. So he doesn't know the whole playbook. But the more and more he's in into it and and the more and more he's he's out there on the grass getting a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of work in the more and more he'll get acclimated to it and the more valuable he'll be. So, uh, you know, sooner rather than later, I do believe Aiden O'Connell will be the number two quarterback, whether that's to start the regular season or 
you know, a few games, a few weeks in to the regular season. So uh, thanks some more. I definitely appreciate you. And as far as Jacobs and Taylor go, I, I wouldn't say that Taylor is a much better back than Jacobs. Actually, I think that they're kind of neck and neck. I think they're both really good. Taylor is, you know, one of the best. Problem with Taylor is he missed six games last year, right? He's missed seven games in three-year career. Josh Jacobs has only missed six in a four-year career. So I think, again, they're really good backs. Uh, I wouldn't even think about swapping. And I know the Raiders aren't thinking about swapping for him. But, uh, you know, I've seen those, you know, rumors and reports. And really a lot of that's just kind of clickbait on on Twitter. So I wouldn't even think about that. But, uh, yeah, I think the Raiders are good with Josh Jacobs. And they'll just wait for him to get uh, get to town, which I do think he'll do sooner rather than later. Again, Raider Meatloaf, thanks so much for the call. Appreciate you. Up next, got a text from Stabler's Ghost. What's up, Q? Stabler's Ghost from the 413. I texted you right after the draft saying O'Connell was going to be pretty good. I honestly didn't think he'd be look this good. We all know about Jimmy G being fragile, but at what point can the staff not deny the kid maybe better than Jimmy G? If we truly are going to put the best guys on the field, it may just be inevitable, injury or not. You mentioned Jimmy throwing at least one uh, very questionable pass per game. I don't know if Aiden O'Connell rolls like that. If Jimmy gets hurt, he may not get his job back. Anyway, we'd love to hear your thoughts. I'm so pumped for football. Raiders, that's from Stabler's Ghost. And look, I don't see Aiden O'Connell getting into the game as a starter unless Jimmy gets hurt. Now, I guess if the Raiders start out really bad and go like 0-5, 0-6 or something like that, or maybe gets to the to the, the bye week and, and they have a, a really rough schedule, or not schedule, but really rough record, like maybe they're, I don't know, that's week 13. So say they're like 4-9 and nine or, you know, 5-8 and eight or something like that, or I guess it would only be 12 games that they play. But you get what I'm saying, like 5-7 and seven or 4-8, or, or and eight, and then they get to the bye week. Maybe they say, all right, you know what, let's give the kid – the, the rest of the season to see what he can do. I can see that, but I really don't see I don't see him as a starter right now. This is Jimmy's team. Uh, they went out and made a move for Jimmy, and at least this year it's going to be the Jimmy G show. Um, you know, I don't know how much of the playbook Aiden O'Connell knows. I know it's not the whole thing. He, there's no way he could possibly know the whole playbook already. So you got to remember, everything that they're doing in the preseason is very very vanilla. I described it on my radio show on Wednesday as vanilla with no sprinkles, vanilla with no chocolate syrup, vanilla with no cone, vanilla with no bowl, vanilla with no spoon. Just just a, 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 a just a chunk of vanilla, right? I mean that's that's all it is. It's as plain Jane as possible. Offenses and defenses, that's what they are in the preseason. So I, I I'm excited by what I see from O'Connell because I feel like he at least has it upstairs where he understands what's being thrown at him. But the, just realize everything is not being thrown at him. Stabler's Ghost, thanks so much for that text. I do appreciate you. And I'm sure I asked you this before, and I know that Stabler has to do with Kenny Stabler, obviously. But I also, as a Law & Order SVU guy, all I could think of is Detective Stabler. So are you a Law & Order SVU person too? <laughs> just let me know. I don't know. I, I just love that show. That's just me. But anyway, thanks for the text. I appreciate you. Uh, I got a call from William from PA. He's calling to respond to the question and thoughts I had about expectations and how the Raiders can exceed expectations. Here he is, William from PA. Hey, Q. This is Logan from PA. I'm just calling in regards to the uh, the questions that you had yesterday. Is like, what's everybody's expectations and how do we exceed expectations for this season? Um, and I would say, like, I think most people's expectations would be the Raiders are maybe a, an eight-win team, right? Eight and nine, or maybe, like, take one game, add one game to that. And I think that if they add just a little bit more consistency, there's no reason that they can't be that, um, you know. And then above our expectations would be if we 
couple games go our way in the fourth quarter, we get a turnover. Maybe we can win 10 games and be in the hunt for a wild card at the end of the year. And I think everybody in Raider Nation, nobody thinks this is a Super Bowl team. So it's come like week 15, we're in the hunt for the wild card. That's exceeding expectations. I think everybody would be happy with that, right? I think that this year, really, what I want to see more than how many wins we have is I want to see what this rookie draft class looks like at the end of the year because I'm super encouraged by Dave Ziegler's ability to draft players. Um, and it's really nice. You know, if you look at our first and second round pick, when was the last time you can remember the Raiders picking a player in the first or second round where we didn't scratch our heads and be like, this guy wasn't even in a first-round mock draft and we picked him number 10, right? Most people were talking about Tyree because he went number two. So I totally understand why he was drafted at number seven when we picked him. And then Mayer, Mayer should have went the end of the first round. So we basically got two first-round picks. And then I would say the players that most media and fan base, including yourself, were critical about, the two draft picks were one, Trey Tucker, and probably the second one would be like Aiden O'Connell. And now through two preseason games, we now see the traits that Dave Ziegler drafted, and we understand it. And I would say, like, I understand Trey Tucker had some drops, but he had, like, four big drops. If you have caught two of those four, you know, the separation in the route running is very evident. So I think we're overblowing his drops. I don't know that this guy's going to be a Jerry Judy or like a hot hand from Little Giants, right? Just dropping everything. It's like, give the kid a little bit of time. I think that his route running and separation, like I get why we drafted him in the third round, and I'm totally fine with it. Um, with Aiden O'Connell again, he's at least going to be probably a quality backup with the ability to become a starting quarterback. That is definitely worth a fourth round pick. And like, I get it now. And then we hit what you're calling Bennett, I think. Um, Nesta at the end. So like, I'm very encouraged by this draft class, and that's how you make a team much better. If Ziggler can have another draft like this next year, that's how you can see this team go from, like, six wins last year to, like, 12 wins two years from now. Like, that's how the Seahawks did. They hammered all those picks in the draft, and then they became, you know, a perennial, you know, playoff team. So I'm more encouraged by looking at the draft picks and building through the draft, which is what Ziggler said he wants to do. Little thoughts uh, from you on, on what you think about our Ziggler's draft class in general. And even last year, Parham was a good draft pick. So uh, keep it up, too. Thank you for the call, my man. Eight to nine win team. Well, I don't even know if eight to nine wins is something that a lot of people believe the Raiders can do, right? I mean, I know that the sports books have them. Like FanDuel has the Raiders at, what, six and a half wins? You know, the over-under at six and a half wins. Some people have them bumped up to seven. Uh, I think eight or nine wins, people will be like, oh, man, Raiders had a pretty good season. The expectations are that low. And, and for me, I've said it for the longest, I didn't know what the expectations were. I'm starting to feel better about the expectations because I'm starting to believe that this defense is going to really be able to complement the offense. And if that is possible, man, that's something to get excited about. And I've mentioned it before, and I spent a whole segment on Dave Ziegler, the GM. I like what he's doing. I think that him calling the shots, him being comfortable to call the shots and pull the trigger on some of these, these draft picks that you know a lot of people say, oh, that's not where you should draft, this, that, and the other. I, I feel more confident in what Dave Ziegler has done as far as drafting players in the last couple drafts, even though he was limited last year, uh, than what we've seen in plenty of years uh, before this. So, of course, the last staff got some really good players. I don't want to take that from them. Josh Jacobs, really good player. Hunter Renfro, Max Crosby, right? Colton Miller. I mean, the last staff, they, they, weren't, they weren't scrubs when it came to, to drafting. I mean, they, they obviously got some good guys out of the draft. The problem is that they had so many cracks at it and they didn't capitalize enough. That was the biggest problem when it came to the last staff. But I think that Dave Ziegler has done a good job so far. We'll see what happens. we got one more text, and we'll close up shop for today's show. This text doesn't have a name on it. It's from the 626. Hey, Q, 
Fairly new listener here, but love the content so far. Keep up the solid work. I want to ask how you feel about Jalen Carter. Many of the nation were upset the Raiders left him on the board. Many viewing him as a generational talent. I was and still am on the side that thinks it was a smart move not to draft him. The organization has yet to show an ability to correctly work with a player that appears easily led astray, let alone the stigma from Ruggs and Jalen's vehicular exploits. He's now looking really dominant at the Eagles camp. Do you agree it was a smart to pass on him? That's a text from the 626. And honestly, I said it when... Uh, the whole situation came out. I was in Indianapolis for the combine. I remember sitting there when the news broke, and I remember there was a radio station from Chicago, ESPN Chicago, was literally sitting right behind me. And remember, Chicago had the number one overall pick then, and they were going to select Jalen Carter. like that. If they had stayed pat at number one, they were going to pick Jalen Carter. And when the news broke about what happened, uh, you know, in that car accident in, uh, you know, with, with Georgia and the, and the staffer, the, you know, the um, – the manager is what they call them on the staff. And, and of course their teammate, the Georgia teammate, you know, and, and those Pat, those guys passing away, uh, the young lady and the man and the player passing away. I remember that the way that all shook out and how bad that was literally that day on my radio show, I said, there's no way that the Raiders could draft him. And I'm not saying that that is a smart way to operate because he was very many people considered him the number one overall pick, the best player there. Uh, so he could have been uh, the most dominant defensive tackle the Raiders have had since Daryl Russell. I mean, just straight up. But I just didn't think they were in a position to take him, right? And, and maybe that's me being scary, and that's okay. I'll own that. Uh, but they chose not to go that direction. They went with Tyree Wilson. I don't think that they had uh, – I don't want to say any choice. Mark Davis didn't tell them that they couldn't pick him. Mark Davis left that alt up to the football side of things. And – you know, I, I know that they, they did a lot of research into Jalen Carter. He does look very dominant right now. I like Tyree Wilson. I think he's going to be a hell of a player. Obviously, he's got to get out there and prove it. But I, I think that first we need to give Tyree Wilson some time, and we want to see what Jalen Carter looks like in the regular season as well. But that could be something that they compare and contrast throughout the course of their career. You know, like Mariota and, and Jameis Winston when they were drafted, 1-2. All right, they're kind of joined at the hip. Andrew Luck and RG3, 1-2, right? I think a lot of people will look at Tyree Wilson and Jalen Carter and say, okay, Tyree went number seven. Jalen Carter went to Chicago a couple picks later, uh, you know, at 10. And was that a mistake that the Raiders let him, let him go by? Again, I think that that was a smart move. I think it would have been you know, a tough read and a tough sell to the Las Vegas community after what happened with Henry Ruggs. I know it's not apples to apples, but still, it just it just felt like it was too soon, but that's just me. So, um, you know, I, I think Tyree Wilson's going to be a hell of a player, and I think the Raider Nation will be very happy with him, but he's got to go out there and prove it. So thanks so much for that text. Next time you hit us back, man, let, him, let us know what your name is so I can give you the proper, uh, you know, the proper shout-out and not say a text from the 626. But... That's what it is right now. So, again, thanks so much. Appreciate you. And uh, like I said, don't let that be your last text. Coming up tomorrow, we got a call from Lodi, California Raider. Got a text from Geo and Northridge and a whole lot more. We'll have news and notes. Whatever we get from uh, GM Dave Ziegler and Champ Kelly, whatever they say today, we'll definitely uh, bring to the table as well. We'll kind of uh, look forward to the last preseason game and tell you what I'll be looking for on Saturday. So that's all coming up on tomorrow's show as we close out the week really strong. Until then, Raider Nation, take care of yourself, take care of your family, love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.